Let's pray and ask God to meet us in the word today. What a rich morning we've had, Lord. Thank you for worship and for gifts of your spirit and for the word about Morocco. And now, Lord, we want to open up the scriptures. We love your word. A lamp to our feet, a light to our path. So come, Lord, and just turn the light up today, we pray. I ask for your help upon me to be in accord with your word, and I would have the heart that you want me to have, and that you'd help me, Lord. So come and work in a mighty way now, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Good. So, as I was thinking about the verses we're going to be focusing on today, it struck me that this last week, everyone in this room has been anxious about something. Accurate statement? Okay, I think it's probably accurate. Every one of us, we've worried, we've fretted, we've been anxious about something, whether it's like, you know, job, future, security, or financial issues, or health issues, or kid issues, or whatever issues, we've all been anxious about something. But in today's passage in Philippians, Paul tells us how it's possible to stop being anxious and to be filled with peace. Think about it. So just imagine that every time you felt anxious, imagine that that you could do something so that your heart would change and the anxiety would lift off of you and that peace would flood your soul. Imagine. And the reason that's possible is because of all that we have in Jesus Christ. He's why we can experience that. And that's what Paul tells us in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. So go ahead and turn there, Philippians 4, 6 through 7. And if you need a Bible, as we always say, raise your hand. We want to bring one to you so that you can study this passage with us. Open up that Bible. Have the Bible open in front of you. Very important. Those are the most important words you're going to be seeing, hearing, reading this morning. In chapter 4 of Philippians, Paul is bringing this book to a conclusion. And it seems like what he's doing in this chapter is he's going through some major concerns other ones that he's that he's addressed besides the ones he's addressed in chapters one through three he's got a list of concerns here in chapter four and it's clear from verses six and seven that one of these concerns is anxiety and worry that some of them obviously were falling into so look at what he says in verses six and seven he says do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, too often when we read the Bible, we can just like gloss over stuff that should just shock us. And those first six words in verse six should shock us. Do not be anxious about anything. I mean, here, God is speaking through Paul, and he's commanding us, don't ever be anxious. Do not be anxious about anything. Now, what would that mean? I want us to feel the, just the, the shock about what an amazing command, what an incredible command. So, what does it mean to be anxious? It's pretty simple. It means that you fear some future scenario that you think is going to cause you loss or pain or suffering of some sort. Maybe you fear having a friend move away and losing that friendship or 
you know, work issues or health issues or financial issues or whatever. But so anxiety simply means feeling fear about some future scenario. Yeah, we all know what that feels like. We don't like it. So what Paul is commanding is that we not be anxious about anything, which means he's commanding us to feel peace about everything. That's the command here. Do not be anxious about anything means feel peace about everything. So he's commanding us to feel completely at peace about possibilities of losing a job or financial stresses or having a friend move away and losing that friendship or whatever it might be. So can you feel what a shocking command this is? Because every one of us has been anxious this last week. And here, the Holy Spirit, through Paul, is commanding us, do not be anxious about anything. And this isn't the only place in the Bible where we have a command like this. All through the Bible with different words. Let me just, here's some of the passages. Isaiah 41.10. Fear not, for I am with you. Don't be afraid. How often were you afraid this last week? Isaiah 41.13. For I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. It is I who say to you, fear not. I am the one who helps you. If we could see more clearly that Jehovah God is always ready to help us, we would be free from fear. But how often do we fall into fear? Joshua 1.9. Moses says to Joshua, Haven't I commanded you, Joshua, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua, don't ever be frightened or dismayed. Matthew 6.31, Jesus said, Do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? And then in John 14.1, Jesus also says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Okay, so God commands us not to be anxious, not to be troubled, not to be fearful, not to be dismayed, not to be worried. How's that possible? You know your heart. I know my heart. I know how often I've worried this past week. How can we obey this command? This is a crucial question to ask, because too often we Christians, we we focus on the command and we we ignore what, what God says about how. And especially with a command like this, there's lots of people who will tell us how to stop worrying, but their answers will not be in sync with what God says about how to stop worrying. Let me illustrate. I googled how to stop worrying this past week, okay? We love Google. Google employs many of you here. Okay, I found on WikiHow, here's how to stop worrying. Okay, five steps. Number one, breathe in. Okay, take deep breaths before whatever you're worried about is going to start. Step two, relax. Don't worry about anything. Just relax and try to take your mind off of it. Step three, let it out. When you start to worry, tell someone. Don't keep it in. It'll make matters worse. Number four, get moving. Do what you enjoy to do most. Listen to music, go out with friends, or do a sporty activity. Swimming, dancing, ice skating, roller skating. Number five, find that silver lining. If it's an exam, lesson, or even a strict teacher, it will all turn out fine. 
If not, there's always a silver lining. Okay? Now, with all due respect to WikiHow, that's not going to solve your worry problem. At best, it might distract you while you're doing your sporty activity. Okay? But that's going to be over, and then the worry will be back. Okay? Once the distraction's over, the worry will remain, and so these steps won't free you from worry, and the problem is they completely ignore God. All these steps ignore God. And yet many of us, we think, well, okay, we're not supposed to worry, so this looks helpful. Breathe in, relax, don't worry. I thought, anyway, okay, so that's not the answer. Paul tells us how to not worry. Verse 6, he gives us three steps. So I want to read this verse again, and then let's go through each step one at a time, and I want you to see how powerfully God-centered his method is. Verse 6, do not be anxious about anything, and here's how, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, step one, with thanksgiving, step two, let your requests be made known to God. Okay, so first, it's by prayer and supplication. So the way to not be anxious, the way to not worry, is, is not by thinking or planning or trying to be positive or, or doing something sporty. Okay? The way to not be anxious is by praying. Praying. And that phrase, prayer and supplication, it's used 20 times in the Old Testament, in the, in the Greek version of the Old Testament. And so Paul uses that exact same phrase here. It's a phrase, prayer and supplication, meaning earnest God, we're talk to God. We're, we're talking to Him. We're, we're entreating Him. We're appealing to Him. We're pleading with Him. We're worshiping Him. We're before Him. Prayer and supplication. So if you want to not be anxious and gain peace, the most crucial step you can take is to pray. Okay, but now, how often is that not the first step that we take? All right, let's, let's say you, you're concerned about maybe layoffs at your work, and so you might think, well, gosh, I've got to check monster.com, or I've got to you know, tighten up my resume, or maybe think about how to impress my boss in some new way. And, and those things aren't, aren't necessarily bad, but they ignore the one most crucial reality about your job. What's the most crucial reality about your job? It's God. God is the most crucial reality about your job. Because he is sovereign over everything, including your employment. Because he loves you and cares about you. Because he's, he's promised through Jesus. Remember, Jesus said, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened to you. So God's sovereign over everything. He loves and cares about you in Christ. He's told you to pray. He's the most important reality about your job. Which is why the very first step should be to, to pray. Pray, pray, pray. Now, how should we pray? Second step. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Now, what does that mean? Too often, we explain that only as thanking God for the blessings in our lives. Okay? And it's not wrong to do, but I don't think that's the main thing Paul has in mind here. But too often, we say it's just it's a matter of... Uh, Thanking God for our blessings. So, Lord, thank you for my wife, and thank you for my kids, and thank you for health, and, and thank you for my church family. And, and, and the idea is that if you, if you thank God for these blessings, then the thought of losing your job won't seem quite as bad. But God has a, has a much more powerful statement here. Again, nothing wrong with counting your blessings. We should thank God for every blessing in our lives. But I don't think that that's the main point that Paul is talking about 
here. I think the main issue here is thanking God for all that he promises to be to us in Jesus Christ. Thanking God for for all that he is in the person of Jesus Christ. Because all the other blessings you've got, they're wonderful. Thank God for them. But what we have in Christ is infinitely greater than all those other blessings. Infinitely greater. So let's just say, imagine that you're worried about the possibility of losing your job. And so think of what happens when you turn your heart towards God with prayer and supplication and you start to thank God for all that he is to you in the person of Jesus Christ. Just feel what happened in your heart as you did this. Thank you, Father, that I have Jesus Christ as my Savior. Start there. Thank you. Through whom I'm completely forgiven for all of my sins. Thank you that in Christ you are rejoicing over me to do me good with all your heart and all your soul. Jeremiah 32, 40 and 41. Thank you that Jesus Christ has all authority in heaven and on earth, which means he has authority over my work. If he wants me to keep my job, I got my job. If in his love and mercy he's moving me on to something else, he's moving me on to something else. Thank you that in Christ, all authority has been given to him, which means authority over my job. And thank you that he will do with my job and everything else whatever will bring me the greatest joy in him forever. And he is my joy, so thank you for that. And thank you that he will also provide everything else I need, all the wisdom I need, all the grace I need, all the finances I need, all the help I need. And so you, you, you come before God with prayer and supplication, and you thank God for all that he is to you in Jesus Christ. That's the, the second step. That's praying with thanksgiving. Then the third step is to let your requests be made known to God. Now, God knows what you need before you ask him, right? Jesus said that. So why do we need to let our requests be made known to him? Why does God want us to bring our requests directly to him? It's because when you pray and bring your request before God, it reminds you that even though you are needy, help me keep my job or give me something better, even though you are needy, it reminds you that God is all-powerful, sovereign over everything, has every resource at his fingertips, right? So it reminds me, even though you're needy, God is in complete, absolute control over every situation you're concerned about. Loving, sovereign, wise God in Christ is completely in control over every situation. Okay, so you pray and you let your request be made known to God. Father, please protect my job. Help me to keep my job. Give me wisdom about how I can better serve this company. Give me favor with my boss. Help me do a great job on my current assignment, Lord. And help me to see you more clearly. Help me to trust you more. Lord, take this anxiety away. Change my heart, I pray. Let your requests be made known to God. That's what Paul's talking about here. Now, compare how completely different Paul's three steps are with Wiki Howe's steps. WikiHow list, breathe in, relax, let it out, get moving, find that silver lining. Paul's list, prayer and supplication, Godward, with thanksgiving. Thank you, God, for all that I have in Christ, especially. And then let your request be made known to God. God's list is radically Christ-centered, God-centered. The WikiHow list ignores the most important reality about whatever you're worried about, which is God. So, three steps. 
by prayer and supplication, so you turn your heart towards God, you're talking to God, with thanksgiving, thanking him for all that you have in Christ, and then let your request be made known to God. Ask God to work in your situation. Ask God to work in your heart. Next question. What does God promise will happen when we do this? Now read verses 6 and 7 together. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So when we take these steps, prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, and we're letting our requests be made known to God, when we do that, God promises the peace of God will guard your your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God will do this. Now what does that mean? What's the peace of God, first of all? The peace of God is a, is a feeling of peace that supernaturally pours into your heart from God himself. God, through the Holy Spirit, will supernaturally flood your heart with his peace. That's the peace of, of God. This is not a peace that, that you can just choose to feel. I'm just going to be peaceful now. No, no, this is, a, this is a gift from God. It's a supernatural gift from God by the Holy Spirit. You, you can't just think your way into this peace. It's a supernatural gift from God by the Holy Spirit. When you turn your heart towards God, praying, thanking, making your request known, His supernatural peace, you will feel it flooding your soul. Many of you have experienced this probably this last week. And notice that this peace surpasses all understanding. Okay, it's not that this peace is just a feeling which has no connection to, to understanding. It's not that we just all of a sudden, wow, I'm feeling peace. I have no idea why, but I'm full of peace. That's not what this means. It's because this peace can't be explained by our circumstances. People can't understand it if they're looking at your circumstances and trying to figure out why you feel peace. That's how it surpasses understanding. It can be explained in reference to Christ. That's why we have peace. You can explain it it's because of Jesus, but it can't be explained in terms of just your circumstances. Okay, then notice something else Paul says about this peace. I love this. Paul says this peace is going to guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Guard them from what? Worry and fear and anxiety. It's like you're in a castle. Okay, do a picture of the. It's like you're the, just trying to find this big old picture of a castle, thick walls. Okay, and you're guarded by this castle from Satan's fiery darts of anxiety and fear. Okay, when this peace comes, it guards you, it guards your your heart and your mind from from anxiety. But now, the most important part of this is that phrase in Christ Jesus. God's peace guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. He is the castle. This is in Christ. Underline those three words, in Christ Jesus. If you've done much reading in Paul, Paul talks a lot about being in Christ, in Christ Jesus, in Jesus Christ. But don't just let that be a phrase you gloss over. This is thick with meaning. Being in Christ Jesus. Paul uses that phrase over 80 times, eight zero times in his 
letters. God's peace guards our hearts and minds when we are in Christ Jesus. Okay, so it's like if you're anxious and worried about layoffs, then at that moment your hearts and your minds are are more in layoffs than they are in Christ Jesus. Okay, your your heart is more in layoffs because your what you're feeling is all about the fears of layoffs, and your mind is more in the layoffs because what you're thinking about is the layoffs. So at that moment, your heart, your mind is more in layoffs than in Christ Jesus. But here's what happens when you turn to God with prayer and supplication thanking him for all that you have in Christ, letting your requests be made known to him, the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you and remove your heart and mind from being in layoffs and put it into Christ. You'll see Christ. You'll behold Jesus Christ. You'll trust Jesus Christ. And you'll be filled with the peace of God. So for example, you'll see Christ. He loves you. He gave himself up for you. You'll see Jesus. He'll start to become bigger than the prospect of layoffs. You'll see that Jesus Christ, as I mentioned earlier, God has given him all authority in heaven and on earth. He has complete control. The one who loves you, the one who gave himself up for you, has total control over your job. If he chooses to have you keep it, you will keep it. If he chooses to have you lose it and move on to something else, that's exactly what will happen. And you can trust him because look at his love for you. He died on the cross to pay for your sins. So the one who's in sovereign control over your job loves you with the love that you'll never find anywhere else. He laid his life down for you. And so you can know, whatever you choose to do, Jesus, it's because you love me. It's because you're going to be helping me. You're going to be using every circumstance to bring me even more joy in you. And he promises to provide everything you need. Grace, strength, comfort, wisdom, finances, health, He'll provide every single thing that you need. And so when you see Jesus Christ, all that he is, love, sovereign, provider, good, gracious, kind, wise, rejoicing over you to do your good with all your heart, all his heart and all of his soul, when you see Christ standing before you, and you trust him and you love him, you will be in Christ. And who Jesus Christ is will bring such peace into your heart by the Holy Spirit that you'll be like a big castle guarded. Satan's flaming darts of anxiety will be fired at you. Bing! Just bouncing right off. Bing! Bouncing right off. Bing! Bouncing right off when you're in Christ Jesus. Okay? If you're not in Christ Jesus, flaming darts come. Thwomp! 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 I need to get back in Christ, okay? Okay, prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. The Holy Spirit comes, your heart changes, you're in Christ once again. And then your hearts, your minds, guarded by the peace of God when you're in Christ Jesus. So whenever you're anxious, three steps. Prayer and supplication, turn your heart towards God. With thanksgiving, thanking him for all that you have in Christ all that Christ promises to be to you. And then third, let your request be made known to him. Pour out your soul before him. Ask for his help. Cast every burden upon him. Ask him to change your heart. Ask him to fill you with peace. And the peace of God, he promises, which surpasses comprehension, will, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Can you have any questions? Actually, no time for oh, one question, Josie, and then that's it. Because 
I want us to do a. I want us to. I want us to do this here as, as a church body for a few minutes this morning. But go ahead, and Josie. No problem. Um, my question is, how is prayer and supplication different from letting your requests be known? That seems redundant. It is redundant, but I, I just like the three points I came up with for that one. <laughs> okay, prayer and supplication is the whole thing. Part one, Thanksgiving. Part two, make your request be known to God. Okay, love your question. I knew that would be helpful. Okay, here's what I want to do. I, whenever I, we have a sermon like this, Jan says, this would be a great Sunday for a lab session. But I, I had the idea first this time. So I'd like us just to pray. Because some of you have anxieties right now. Okay? I would, I would guess most of us do. High grade, low grade, we've all got some. And let's take whatever your greatest anxiety is right now, and let's do this for just a few moments right now. Okay, just let's just pray. Not out loud, just you privately before the Lord. But let's ask the Lord to, to give us at least a taste of this this morning. So that we would leave here with, okay, I, I see what this is about. I've, I've, there was some peace that came there. Okay, Lord, I want to pursue this more this afternoon maybe. So let's pray together. I'll lead us, but then give you time to, to pray in the quietness of your heart. So the first step is prayer and supplication. And just turn your heart towards God right now. Look to him, not the problem. or It's not that you're in denial of the problem, but we're looking to him regarding the problem. He is the most important reality about your problem. So just turn your heart, prayer and supplication to God. And take some time right now and, and thank him for all that you have in Jesus Christ. Oh, Thank him. Thank him for the fact that Jesus loved you and gave himself up for you. Thank him for that right now. And thank him that that means, Jesus' death on the cross means that you are completely forgiven for all your sins, past, present, and future, and you will never face punishment from God as you're trusting him. Thank him for that. Thank him that he is in sovereign control of your problem, of what you're worried about. He's in complete control of it. Thank him for that. And thank him that whatever he does, it will be to bring you even more joy in him now and forever. You can trust him. Thank him for that. Thank him that he promises to provide for your every need. 
every need, list them and just thank him for them. So that's a taste of praying with thanksgiving. Now, just let your requests be made known to God. So ask God for help. Ask him to have this problem not happen. Go ahead and ask him that. Ask him to provide for the specific needs that you fear you will struggle with if that problem does happen. Pour out your soul before him right now. Ask him. Plead with him. Let your requests be made known to him. Ask him to change your heart to fill you with peace. I pray, Lord, that as as we are before you, that, that you are pouring out your peace upon us right now. You're giving us a taste of the peace of God, which surpasses comprehension, and how it guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. And I pray for us as a church body, Lord. I pray that this coming week, every time uh, an anxiety starts to rise in our hearts, or a fear starts to grow, or, um, and, you know, just nervousness starts to come, Lord, that every time we would turn to you immediately and thank you for all that we have in Christ and pour out all of our concerns before you. Let all of our requests be made known to you. And that, Lord, as we do that, as you've promised in your word, that the peace of God which surpasses comprehension would guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Lord, I praise you for this command because this, this means that we never need to be anxious about anything. We never need to fear. We never need to be afraid or nervous or worried, ever, because of all that we have in Christ. Lord, I pray that, that you would pour that peace of God out upon us this week as we turn our hearts toward you and fight the fight of faith and pray over these things. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.